Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys Podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is John. How you doing, boy? There he is. Sanji, back in the building. Man, it feels like decades since we've last recorded or released a pod. This winter break has been really painfully long, stretched out, like, yeah. Feels like a whole new season. (laughs) I know. I sort of... um... Dread is setting in for me. I like it when the game leagues come hard and fast and you get like the opportunity to move on to the next game week. Yeah. It, it's given all our opponents time to like catch up, reflect on how far they've come. And I mean, we're going to do a bit of that on this part as well. But yeah, it's uh, if you like, look, we, we've got like whole new, um, you know, handful of assets that have come through the door. Ivan Tony's back in the building. I mean, we got to oh. talk about his uh, free kick for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> foam gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, KDB's back. You know, now Klopp is leaving. What the hell is going on right now? <laughs> I know. All right, listeners, welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. Uh, we are a default fan tracks podcast i'm pretty sure i'm gonna butcher all these intros and stuff since i've not done them in a while but (laughs) if you're new to the pod yeah we talk everything fan tracks especially just the default version of the game uh typically how we roll out these pods is we have two halves in the first half we do a bit of a data dump so we look at the previous game week which would have been game week 21 uh, which was like the longest game week ever um and then we catch up in our league see how we're doing you know how far we've come so far We'll take our half-time pint, and then we'll jump back into the second half with uh, Twitter or Discord questions, but mostly Discord questions. That's where everyone's hanging out. So come join the Discord, really. that That's really the plug for the Discord. It's a great community. Yeah, it's fantastic. Honestly, it's a vibe. Um, and... Typically, we usually do like waiver pods and stuff, but we didn't have time to do the last waiver pod because uh, I was traveling, visiting family. Ran was busy with work and life and stuff like that. So we're not going to really touch on waiver pod stuff this um, episode either because it's going to be too late. Like all your waivers would have processed by now. We'll touch on maybe a few things here and there because um, the FA Cup did wrap up today. So to kind of timestamp things, we're recording... Uh, Sun, uh, Sunday evening BSE slash Europe time. So, yeah, we're, we're going to touch on a few things here and there. But again, if you have any waiver questions, you know, if your waiver still hasn't processed and you have, you know, dilemmas, come join the Discord. Again, another plug. Um, because we, we have a whole new channel just dedicated to discussing waiver options and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, um, do, is there any bits and bobs you want to chat about or should we just jump straight into the pod? Well, I, I want to know what you were doing in the... The Great White North, Sanji, of uh, Canada. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Before I give people my uh, juicy up life updates, what I'm going to quickly do, <laughs> which I always forget to do, is social plugs. Ross, I know I've seen you, but I'm still recording using your pre-recorded voice. So do your thing. Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles at BantaB. On Discord, in the DraftPL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. On Reddit, you backslash Banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, and YouTube, all under the name of BantaBoys. All right. So, 
hopefully you've listened to us um you know you follow us on all the platforms if you're listening on youtube hit that follow button if you're listening on spotify as well listen i know there's hundreds of you listening to this but uh, now and i'm so thankful for the support that we have but if you don't mind taking a few seconds just to go and hit that five star button on our main page it would help us out a lot all we're asking is a click of a button. It's going to help us grow the brand, spread the content, and, you know, continue to deliver, you know, what you want, what you need. Um, but, yeah, life updates. Um, so, I went back to Canada. Yeah, for those um, in our Discord, I think, would have been aware. Um, so, I used to live in Canada for, like, 11 years. I was away for, like, the last five or six years. Uh, so, I had a, a lot of life kind of in storage a lot of friends that i kind of left behind my parents were living there at the moment they're on on their way to chicago in the next week or so um but uh yeah i, I just you know when i first left canada i was like uh i didn't think uh, i was gonna go back or i well i wanted to go back for sure but then you know a fucking pandemic happened <laughs> so yeah um you know life life happens right so uh, plans change and now i'm like based in london and like life is completely different i went back half my crew is like married has kids like Whoa. i'm like what the hell has happened <laughs> exactly so sick though like, <laughs> like the when you go back and everything's the same but different what a yeah what a vibe where Absolutely. in canada was this uh so i was traveling between three cities uh Whoa, okay. mainly yeah mainly in oshawa uh which is like a bit east of toronto um oh, i was in toronto as well and then i was in kitchener waterloo i mean you could pretty much draw a, like a, a line through all three towns in a sense um nice but uh yeah pretty much i spent all my time in ontario um two weeks wasn't enough canada's fucking massive there's so mm. many people to see so much to mm. do I think I, I just need to go back, you know, within a five-year period, not not outside of that, so. And uh, Sanji, not to sort of do a role reversal here and ask you too many questions, but <laughs> if I may, what's like the one thing that you found yourself missing the most about Canada that you got to experience while you were there? Uh, Timbits. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was nearly gonna say snow because don't get me wrong, it, it's really pretty to look at. You know, it's absolutely gorgeous. I timed it my, uh, like a snowstorm perfectly. Um, like <laughs> as soon as I got there, there was no snow. Went inside my boy's house for like twenty minutes. Came back out. It was like a whole new world. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean timbits, man, uh, donuts. Like, uh, <laughs> if, if if no one knows what a timbit is, it's basically like a donut, but in one bite size. Like, uh, it's it's great. It's perfect. What what, what else does <laughs> do you need in life? You know. So, but yeah, um. I think that, that's about it. I mean, if you want more juicy details, I'm going to be posting pictures and stuff in our Discord. So again, plugging the Discord. <laughs> Salacious details emerging in the Discord. There you go, you know? If you, I might even have to start a channel on my on my love life or dating life because Ryan yeah. loves to expose my shit on, on air all the time. <laughs> Who from 10 years ago is looking good? Who's moved on to better pastures? You know, it's all... Everything's in to play for in the Discord, so... <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right, guys. Uh, so I think now what we'll do is jump straight into the pod. We'll kick things off with our data dump. Fantasy. 
with the Banta boys. So, uh, looking at the default categories, we're going to start with key passes. So, the highest number of key passes recorded in Game Week 21 was 5 by Pedro Porro. And then four key passes by a bunch of players, but we've kind of categorized them by club. So three Man City players got four key passes. Uh, Julian Alvarez, Doku, and Foden. Then a couple of Luton boys, Barkley and Ogbene. Uh, Arsenal, uh, you have Jesus and Saka from Crystal Palace. You've got Eze from Brighton. You've got Gross. From Sheffield United, you've got Hammer or Hamer. Uh, from West Ham United, you've got Ings and James Ward-Prowse. From Liverpool, you've got McAllister. And from Nottingham Forest, you've got Chris Wood. Uh, quick thoughts there, John? <laughs> yeah, well, the first quick thought is I just laughed at Chris Wood, uh, key pass uh, empresario. Not exactly his specialty. Um, but with City, I thought, I mean, I just thought it was a really interesting game week because um, I had Doku. And uh, in my league, we have, we have key passes at one. So he had three and a half points. These like four key passes were like all that he did in the entire game. Whereas the other players did a bit more. So um, it is it is sort of interesting to see that in like a 3-2 versus Newcastle, you know, a game that you would expect to be so offensive, there were some disappointing uh, outcomes still in terms of scoring. Um, and also, uh, West Ham, I thought, looked really uh, good in that game. Yeah, I, th that West Ham result was so stupid. Like, mm. Sufal had, like, the dumbest moment ever. And yeah. you, you, could, you could see it coming, too. It's like, why would you make such a silly, silly foul? Like, especially after Sheffield already sealed the win for you by, um, mm. what, what's his face, uh, getting the red card? Um, Brewster. Um, yeah. he's, he's just had a terrible time at Sheffield United, man. Yeah, never, never quite settled. Um, yeah, and then Sufal does that dumb shit, and then, you know, Sheffield United kind of get the ball into the box. Ariola nearly kills, um, uh, McBurney, uh, and uh, yeah, they, they kind of tie things up. Um, listen, I'm really excited for West Ham, though, second half of the season. Like, I know yeah. we're just already over that second half hump, but I think they're absolutely going to cook this season, like getting Calvin Phillips in as well. Like, I know he hasn't played a lot of football. He's probably played more football for England than he has for Man City, but I don't know, yeah, man. What, what <laughs> is Calvin Phillips just like cooked at this point i don't know but yeah on paper it's good on paper, i mean yeah. it's like depth for um uh what's his name uh the mexican defensive midfielder edson alvarez yeah edson alvarez so i i don't think i mean the team isn't exactly set up to go like two dms james mm. ward prowse attacking mid i don't think that's like quite enough creativity Maybe Moyes will do that because he's Moyes. But in general, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think just paying Calvin Phillips' salary, yeah, it's like a decent loan move and then they have an option to buy. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. I don't know. West Ham's been an interesting team. Uh, kudos after our last pod where I think I was like, yeah, sell Kudos if you want to sell him. 
has went like absolutely off. <laughs> <laughs> that that happened with the Luton boys as well. You weren't very high on the the Luton lads, and uh, they've absolutely popped off since as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've you've got this whole reverse jinx power going on right now. I can't wait to see who you're gonna tell us to yeah, sell now. <laughs> the power is flowing through my veins. Oh yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see like even where Sheffield United kind of goes because this uh, Burton guy um, looks solid, man. I know he struggled uh, dude, in Villarreal so for a bit. So good in the first half of that game before. Yeah, there's they have like an academy uh, player that was playing striker and he went off injured. But him, he he's like really tall. I forget his name. Osula. Yeah, Osula. He was winning like yeah. all these headers yeah. and knockdowns. And then Brereton Diaz was getting on the end of them because he's a pretty good physical player. He knows the English game really well. Uh, earned his stripes in the championship. Saw him score a zillion goals there. And I thought they looked such a changed side. Mm. with those two sort of leading the attack. And then at 60 minutes, well, at halftime, Osula comes off. And then at 60 minutes, Brereton Diaz comes off. And then West Ham just, like, take control of that game yeah. and should have won. Uh, yeah. And I was like, Chris Wilder basically lost this game with the subs. Although maybe the Brereton Diaz thing was enforced because he hadn't played, you know, a, a 90 of PL football before, et cetera, et cetera. But... Um, I did. I was like shocked at how good they looked with them and sort of that counterattacking play. I think they might be a little bit more problematic for teams to come against in the second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from West Ham, uh, Danny Ings scoring probably his highest points tally for the season. I don't I'm think out. he's gonna do I'm that out. again. No, don't try to it's, it's, it's either you you were able to nail that pick or that's it, right? I, I don't think you look back there hoping for another 30-point haul. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Certainly good, good, good. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one other name I want to kind of touch on um, from these key passers, because all of them f- seem fairly straightforward. No one like really surprises me. Maybe McAllister, but he had a fantastic game for, for Liverpool versus Bournemouth. Me. Does he actually... Well, the thing is, he's playing in a new role now, eh? Yeah, that's right. Like, in terms of the key passes, I know he's been getting a decent amount of points, but yeah. getting four key passes as right wing back or whatever is a little interesting. Yeah, so I think it's because Kabori's been away for AFCON, so he's kind of taken yeah. over that role. It's like yeah. what Dango was doing for Bournemouth, right? Left back, um, displacing Kirkes and all that sort of jazz, yeah. so... Um, yeah, I, I think enjoy it while Ogben is ghosting. Um, don't be surprised if the ghost points drop once Kabor is back and he's playing further up forward, etc. And even when he was playing further up forward of Ogbene, um, he kind of lost his spot as well, right? Um, he was, yeah. he was like, used as a sub and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Who knows when this honeymoon period is going to end? <laughs> yeah, um, pretty soon, but, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, the name I kind of wanted to touch on was Eze. Uh, yeah. So we saw Eze drop, um, I guess in the default version, an 18-point ghost game. Um, I know because I owned him in a league. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's it's like a... He does well while Olise is out, right? Yeah. yeah. And my problem this is, is what that... what we were talking about. Yeah. 
Yeah, and my problem is that is once Elise comes back, does Ezzy drop again in point production? Because now Elise is coming back, taking over more of the sets, all of that stuff. Like, Ezzy's not the main player anymore. So, like, what does an owner do? Would you recommend um, you sell Eze, you know, before Elise comes back and you lose value sort of thing? Like, it's a weird position to be in. I just think in general, selling Eze is good because... I feel like the perception of him is like a pure premium where the reality is like Marcus Tavernier. Mm, I see and, what you mean. And I am like crazy high on Tavernier. I like Tavernier a lot, but it's like the different, the distance between like De Bruyne to Eze mm. is much bigger than the distance between Eze and Tavernier. And yeah. I think like you could, if there's a owner in your league that's held De Bruyne this whole time and is sort of like mid-table before the trade deadline, you could package Eze with somebody else for De Bruyne. Yeah. yeah. I would guess. Especially if he doesn't start this next game against Burnley. Yeah. I, I Well, I'm expecting him to start. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm expecting maybe Holland's on the bench. But yeah, it's all, there's like all these weird leaks and stuff that's all over that we'll see. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't know until you get the team sheet because yeah, I don't fucking exactly. trust half these managers. Yeah, I mean, so. with Trent coming back today, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> totally didn't expect that. Like, <laughs> it, like if you don't play, like, I mean, if you even if you play fan tracks, I'm sure there would have been one or two managers out there that might have traded Trent, thinking, oh shit, injury. You know, maybe he's gonna have another yeah, injury, yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. It sounded like he was gonna be out for months, and then I yeah. was like, did Klopp like actually say this in his press conference? And then uh, they everything was like lost in the hype of him announcing him leaving the club at the end of the season that is like yeah Trent's back actually but no I, like <laughs> I didn't see anything so could you imagine just at the end of that interview did you watch that interview the club interview by yeah the way? it was insane it was uh powerful um the, the guy just wants to be a normal man yo he just wants to live live a bit of his life while he has it um, uh, I don't blame him my meme of the week to as a as a father of a newborn child is just sending people the I'm running out of energy uh, <laughs> yeah. screenshot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of memes that were already flying around because of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I'm just excited to see how he's gonna um, end things with Liverpool this season. I, I, does it spur the assets on? Does it make them worse? Yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, um, they gotta win the title. At this yeah, point. they have to, right? They, they it's going to be a choke. It'll be a choke if they don't. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, let's look at shots and how many were on target. So the highest number of shots attempted in Game Week 21 was six by a few players here. Uh, Julian Alvarez had three of his six on target. Foden with two of his six on target. Danny Ings with two of his six on target. Ollie Watkins with one of his six on target. I feel like we've not seen Ollie on the shots category for a while. Um, then yeah. five shots attempted by Isak with three on target. Trossard with one on target. Timo Werner with zero five on target. No surprise there by Timo. And then four shots attempted by Ross Barkley with one on target. Jared Bowen with zero four on target. Brereton with two of four on target. Duran, um, on as a sub, in 25 minutes, he got four shots off, only one on target. Eze with two of his four on target. Raul Jimenez with two of his four on target. Uh, João Pedro with two of his four on target. And Ogbene with three of his four on target. Thoughts, John? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess since uh, I'm here, we can talk about the Villa players first, who I think 
Uh, as a Watkins owner, obviously I've been like a little disappointed over this period, but also it's a good introduction to talking about our teams playing in the FA Cup on Friday. Yeah. And I think we saw a little bit of this like post peak villa on display there where we have a decent control on the game but because of that it's sort of like chances are reduced on both ends and come down to mistakes and stuff like that teams aren't as open against us and because of that it's a little harder for like our strikers to thrive as much as like the midfielders picking up space um it's something that we're definitely going to have to solve as like a Villa fan, um, but has sort of jumbled Watkins value slightly. And, you know, I keep bringing up him having like a prime Vardy season this year. And I think it's so analogous to like when teams began to sit off Leicester in the second half of that season and you yeah. thought they were going to choke and they just kept eking out 1-0 wins, is sort of like if Villa have has a path to uh, Champions League football, that's going to be the way that we're winning games, I think, unless we figure out a way to solve these combinations and suddenly become like a Arsenal or a Man City. You know, There's not a lot of teams that can easily win games when the other team is just sitting off, so... Uh, it's going to be a challenge. And Newcastle will be a good benchmark. And Isaac's right there as well. They were just playing pure counter football against City. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they do doing much of the same stuff against Villa. I think Isaac could have another big game. Yeah. I mean, um, if we throw it back to the opening day of the season, uh, I know you guys were thrashed 5-1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that was the same match that Sir Alex Ferguson was like, Villa is the team to to look at, to look for. Yeah. Uh, rest yeah. of season. And, I mean, he was spot on, so... Yeah. And, and you know, we lost Tyrone Mings with, like, a season-ending injury in that game. There's a lot of weird stuff, but I do think Newcastle will have a lot of confidence going into this game based on that result, so... I don't think it'll be easy despite the fact that they're in terrible form and it'll be an interesting game to see, you know, what yeah. happens. I, I've i lost a little bit of confidence in the team over these past few weeks where it hasn't been bad, but it's just been a notch below what it was. And I think holding off West Ham over these next uh, uh, 16 game weeks or whatever 17 game weeks will be an interesting battle to see happening and then all the other teams below them so yeah and and duran is hurt but he's always gonna be interesting when he plays if watkins gets hurt because he's just like shoot on site which is good for the format but um he's hurt and he's a bench option so i would wait for him to get rotated in to pick him up yeah so I'm going to ask you the age-old question. What's going on with the rotation of Cash, Dinia, Moreno? Oh. If you had to put your money on it. like, Because yeah. I've been getting questions here and there. I mean, we even have it in our Discord as a regular topic. Like, oh, I'm a Moreno owner. Oh, I, you know, I can <laughs> grab Dinia. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I mean, Cash nearly scored uh, against us in the FA Cup. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, D- Dinia's hurt. Um, so that makes it a... 
slightly easier, which is just that Moreno is going to be playing on that side going forward. Um, they don't have the same type of options. It seems like in home games against good teams, and it remains to be seen if Unai Emery thinks Newcastle is a good team, um, Villa will play with Kansa and Diego Carlos at center back and like right back. Um, and against in home games against bad teams, he'll play with cash. Okay. Uh, and in all away games, he seems to be favoring um, Kansa and Carlos, unless it's like literally the worst team in the league. Okay. Cool. <laughs> And long live Douglas Lewis. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah, the I girl. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> um, last, one, last name I, I want to touch on before we move on to the next category. Uh, Timo Werner, zero of his five shots on target. Um, turbo Timo. Timo Werner performance. <laughs> Did you get him in any of your leagues? Nah, well, so we do like uh, the new signings. We do a blind auction at the end of the window. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. See, I, now I understand things like this because I'm I'm in a dynasty league, so <laughs> like it, it's totally different. I've actually got um a dynasty league that I'm still weighing up. Um, so I'm being offered Jack Grealish and Doughty, uh, and I'm giving up Matoma. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Tough one, right? It's right? interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. Like the the only thing that's throwing me about me um getting Jack is like his age. He's kind of kicking on at this point, like twenty eight. There's the Doku factor, and then Doughty is is merely just like a this season play. And the thing is, the reason why I'd consider it is because I'm near the top of my dynasty league, and I could potentially win it if I do a trade like this. Um, whereas Mitoma is like what twenty six, twenty seven. He's got the age factor, and you're assuming he's gonna stay in the league or have that nail starting spot moving forward for a couple of seasons, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting trade. I At the same time, like, I could see Matoma getting transferred to a big team and suddenly having the same Grealish issue. Yeah. yeah like, I don't think true. he's just going to stay on Brighton forever. Yeah. But he's out I mean, for, like, two more months or something, right? Uh, he's out for a I, while. Didn't he? Didn't he go for Asian Cup as well? I don't know if he, he played, but I'm pretty sure he went for the Asian Cup. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think he I don't the own up. him in any of my leagues, so I'm sort of like no one's dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious what's the Oh yeah, it's only four weeks from like January first, so he'll be back at the end of the month, I guess. Yeah. Should be. Should be. Um but but with Timo, like no, like Spurs are kind of spoiled, ridiculously spoiled for attacking options. Oh, Madison's back in the fold. Yeah. Um, Manor Solomon maybe not too far away. So, like, what are you doing with all these Spurs assets? Do you just have a piece and then just make sure that you have at least got you know a full starting eleven? Because yeah. it's hard for you to depend on. I'm gonna say depend on. Brennan, Timo, Manor Solomon, even Richarlison maybe for for starts. Like yeah. I'm assuming like Madison's nailed, Kulusevsky's nailed, and Sun's nailed. Everyone else is a fucking gamble. Yeah, I sort of I, I don't totally know what Spurs are doing. You know, I think it's <laughs> I think it's good that they have um depth. Yeah. But they're playing in one competition this season. Yeah. And for some reason they've brought in like 
six versatile forwards total. And yeah. I mean, like, I guess Kulisevsky was playing in like the 10 dog for a while, but. And doing uh, brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, it's like Kulisevsky, Madison, Son, and Richarlison are going to start. Yeah. I think that's their best front four. Yeah. Right? They're, they're going to start once everybody's back. Um, but then, like, yeah, people are pot committed to these other players. And mm. my advice would be not to get pot committed. And if you can trade someone like Timo Werner, please trade <laughs> Timo Werner. I mean, obviously, like, you probably can't cook a trade there. But, you know, if someone in your league's interested in maybe there's a Spurs fan that just wants a starter. Um, I have the same dilemma with, like, Benton Kerr, where I dropped Sar for him, and somebody immediately picked up Sar, and I'm sort of just like crossing my figure fingers that Benton Kerr keeps playing. The Spurs yeah. tactics just lend themselves to wanting anyone that's in the lineup. Yeah, really. Um, just Angeball, man. But I, I think now is your time to trade Timo high. Um, don't wait much longer because then you're gonna slowly lose value. So, yeah. Cool. Um, next one is accurate crosses into the box. So highest number was three uh, by two players, Hamer from Sheffield United and Brennan Johnson. And then two accurate crosses by a long list here. Uh, David Brooks from Bournemouth, uh, Doughty, Estupinian, Enzo Fernandez, Pascal Gross, Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, Moreno from Villa, um, Robinson. I'm pretty sure this is Anthony Robinson, not the Robinson that's a centre-back for Sheffield United. Yeah. That would baffle me. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, two accurate crosses by Ivan Tony, James Ward-Prowse. Thoughts, John? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess this is like the point where we should probably talk about Gustavo Hamer. Yeah. He's not yeah. available in my league, um, so I, I would have picked him up if he was. Um, I don't know if you watched the championship. Uh, no. He played not for much. Coventry last season, and they were in the playoff final, and he was just unreal. And mm. almost everyone who like knows championship football was like, okay, selling Sander Berg um, Sheffield United got a lot of heat for it because they sold him to a direct rival. But mm. anyone who's in the know is like, okay, selling Sanderberg and replacing him with Gustavo Hamer is like objectively good. <laughs> like, Fair. he's a super good player. He's really aggressive. He's yeah. very sort of like, I don't know, reminds me of sort of like an Argentinian pit bull type of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's strong on the ball. He's feisty in midfield. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bit about. Uh, uh, he's got a little bit like everything about him, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. he's Argentinian, but that type of player, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's Brazilian Dutch. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> go figure. Um, but yeah, he's like he reminds me of someone like a you know Carlos Tevez, not in terms of quality, but like yeah. in terms of intensity. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he takes a lot of set pieces for Sheffield. And with this, like with Brereton Diaz, who's tall and is playing as a winger, and mm. Asolu, if he's back, there's going to be all these knockdowns, and then him in this ten roll feeding onto them. I don't know. I've spent this entire season telling people not to get Sheffield United players, but this West Ham game made me very 
optimistic about them in games against attractive fixtures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not even uh, him alone, like even James McAtee. Um, yeah, he's a baller. You- Ball. Yeah, you you see touches of class um in his play. Uh, I think even like the FA Cup game that they they lost like four two five to some of that. Like I remember Maxi. I think he had like the silky one touch around a player, then hit the ball onto the crossbar, nearly went in. Like, yeah, yeah. Sheffield United have got a uh, a couple of good assets in their ranks. Um, and you know, I don't know. I I would still say it's too late for them to stay up and stuff like that, but. Who knows with the Premier League? Like people are losing points here and there, breaking you know financial rules. Who knows? <laughs> Anytime yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh somebody's gonna get hit with a negative ten points deduction. <laughs> there and you go. Sort of like a separate uh, topic. Could they yeah. still stay up with how terrible these promoted oh, teams are? I it's, would. It's crazy. I would like to see it as like a neutral. Just like uh, <laughs> can Dyche escape from Alcatraz one more time? Oh, man, man, like teams now have to play with like, okay, we have to get at least 10 points above the relegation zone. It's not even finishing outside the zone. Like there's a second zone. <laughs> yeah, but also like Nottingham Forest clearly broke the rules. <laughs> yeah, clearly. They had well, like, like it, four, it, it, it they had like four or five starting 11s doing? last season. Oh, so when <laughs> I, I re- when it, they were like a meme and everyone was like, oh, when you break FFP rules and then it's like, yeah, they broke FFP. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They like, they were so signing bad. Emmanuel Dennis and then like letting him go six months <laughs> later on like half weight. Like it was insane transfer business. Yeah. It, it made no sense. Made no, no sense. Um, David Brooks is on this list as well. Uh, they had a massive 5 nil win in the, like the first half versus Leeds. Um, but he kind of popped up, I think, with a couple of assists and a goal or something like that. Um, a lot of people, I think, were speaking about, oh, grabbing him up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, even I know Brooks isn't in this list. I uh, Not Brooks. Um, Alex Scott isn't in this list either. But he's another name um, that I, I do want to touch on really quickly. What, what are your views on either Brooks or Alex Scott? Yeah, I mean, so I'm super high on Bournemouth assets in general. I really like the way they play. I think they're sort of like Tottenham light. Uh, where if they have an attractive asset, you should play whatever players you have from them. Um, but like those two players in particular, Brooks and Scott, I've had them at various points this season, but there is no reliable playing time for either of them, especially with Semenyo back from the AFCON. Yeah. Now, Watara is uh, still at AFCON because he's playing for Burkina Faso. Um, but uh, with Lewis Cook and Ryan Christie uh, in an away game at West Ham, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the midfield pairing and that's who it seems like Alex Scott is competing with at the yeah. moment. Yeah. And then Brooks is going to be competing with Semenyo, Tavernier, and Justin Clavert. Hmm. And um, I think Ariola has made it clear who he prefers. Yeah. Brooks has been like fit this whole time. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I would be shocked if like Tavernier was dropped. For example, he's started every game that he's been fit almost. Yeah, yeah. 
He came off the bench once in December in like a rotation game. I mean, Alex Scott is an absolute baller as well. Um, uh, I'm, I'm so. In terms of actual like player, I think he's basically already exactly who Jack Grealish is right now. Yeah, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Alex Scott gets a move elsewhere uh, at some point. Like to yeah, the yeah. club and whatnot. So. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth will want to hold on to him, and they spent a hell of a load of money on him when he was injured. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know what the pathway is, but yeah, I think in two, three years, you're right that it doesn't make sense for him to be paying for playing for Bournemouth because they're not gonna suddenly make their stadium bigger. Uh, which is really a limitation to what they can do as a team. I really like the manager, uh, yeah. but there is sort of like a cap on what types of players they can keep when you're playing with like a 16,000 cap venue or whatever it is. What's the vitality? <laughs> I'm going to say it's like 27. Oh, is that too big? I think it's too big, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, 12 it's 11,000 apparently. Oh wow, I I doubled it for no reason. <laughs> you're big you're bigging them up. Uh, but I mean also we do see like what a role like these transfer fees and the um like league uh pool is giving because like uh Brentford just Spent thirty million on Antonia Nusa, who's a Norwegian uh, yeah. prospect, and yeah. they're like loaning him out for the next half of the season. But he's like a really top player, and their stadium cap is seventeen thousand. So it's yeah. not like you can't do business, but to hold on to a let's say fifty million plus player, it becomes challenging with the economics. Yeah. A uh, few other names to touch on. Um, so Chris Wood has like absolutely nailed that spot, I think, as a starting striker for um, Nottingham Forest. Uh, Ilanga has popped off as well since uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has come into the dugout. But I'm thinking since they've kind of improved their attacking play and, you know, they've got some kind of consistency, is Cho a person that you want uh, as some piece of that attack? Because... I know they are they're kind of adding to their ranks a bit, right? Like even Dominguez is has got a a bit of a shout now in that starting eleven. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I like I think last pod I was talking about how much I like Dominguez. I really like Dominguez. He's a good player. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also, how far away from playing is Awoni? I think he's like stealthily very close to being back. I think he is close to being back. Um, but do you he'll, pl- he'll play Wood? over Chris like, Wood? Really? You think he's so? better than him? Uh, I mean, maybe uh, I don't know. I still he like is, Chris Wood, man. Chris Wood's like a proven prem striker. Better than him. Uh. <laughs> Chris Wood turning into Messi. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? Are you kidding me? At St. James's Park, a hat trick like it, that. Yeah, you know, it was. That was one of the. That was one of the most entertaining moments of the season. <laughs> I was like making all sorts of faces on the couch. Watching that game. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm like wondering like is is Callum Hudson Odoi like a stash or a streamer? That I think that would be my real question. Uh, he's not. Yeah, he's a streamer. Okay. I okay. mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should like look at it, but just without thinking about it, he is a stream. He's a streamer. Okay. Uh, Enzo Fernandez is another one. Um, he's not always consistently in the starting eleven for Chelsea, but Recently, he's been popping up with some goals here and there, important ones for us uh, in cups and stuff like that. Um, where do you stand on Enzo, uh, stash or streamer? Well, I feel like your opinion is maybe the one that counts here, but for me, I think he's a hundred percent a stash. Yeah, he's good, and yeah. he well, looked really fantastic. good against Villa, <laughs> and he was injured, right? That's why he yeah. like, wasn't playing. He had some like weird groin issue or something. He's got something going on that is preventing him from playing as much as like Connor and stuff like that. Um, but he seems fine. He seemed fine against Villa. He did yeah. not seem limited in any way. So yeah, I mean, he still finished like eighty nine minutes in the game, right? So yeah. Oh my god, Connor Gallagher. By the way, is like if you guys sell him, it is truly the worst like managed club in world football. Well, I mean, it's 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 what. Connor, I think people underestimate what Connor does. It's not like, don't get me wrong, I would love for a midfielder to get goals and assists, and I think we need more attacker returns from our midfield. But the way he presses with Cole Palmer is, it's it's disgusting. He was <laughs> the best player on the pitch in Villa, uh, in Villa versus Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of very good players that came, but he just like stood out as being everywhere. He was yeah. sort of just like a premium John McGinn, and John McGinn is very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goes without saying. Uh last name to touch on. Um Ivan Tony. He's back, baby. He's back. Do you see that free kick thing? We 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 have to touch on it. Like every other pod that I've listened to has touched on it. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, why do we need to touch on it? I guess it's because he moved the foam. Because like Wait, people he... move the ball all the time, but yeah. I guess it's oh, like I... the moving the foam that makes it seem sinister for some reason. It does... who gives a shit? Reality... <laughs> okay, so I played goalkeeper at a reasonably high level. Yeah. Uh, what Matt Turner? committed like medical malpractice and then everyone got mad at Ivan Tony. He like, <laughs> abandoned his wall and was like, oh you guys are good. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't I don't think Ivan Tony did anything wrong. I mean by the rules, sure, you're not supposed to do that, but to me like so when I first got told about Ivan Tony by one of my boys from back home, he was like, yo, Ivan Tony is like that guy that you play with um, football like on the field growing up and he's like the absolute bully he's like the creme de la creme like he does everything right um, he's an absolute baller absolute baller um, yeah I and when I saw him if I was a Brentford fan <laughs> what sorry I would hate him if I was a Brentford fan because he's, really? Why? he's constantly trying to leave Brentford <laughs> and then they're they all like are like they have Stockholm syndrome with this guy who does not want to be there <laughs> Do you remember that thing on the boat when he was like, yeah, I'll play for Brentford. Yeah. Fuck Brentford. Fuck Brentford. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And uh, then this I mean, window, he's like, everyone knows I'm trying to make the step up to a bigger club. 
whether it's yeah. now or this summer, I hope someone comes and gets me. And then it's like, everything's forgiven because he scored a free kick. You know? but, <laughs> I don't know. Rubs me the wrong way, this guy. And he's still he's still an absolute baller. Yeah, he's still a great player. Player. <laughs> I, I, but I think what he did is like, if you so if you're on the t- if you're a Brentford fan, you're like, oh, whatever, you know, it, it's a goal, whatever. But if you're on the opposition or, uh, yeah, you're like fucking cheat, da da da. Like I don't care. I thought it was yeah, hilarious. I don't know. Uh, like if <laughs> I really like if you're a Nottingham Forest fan and you th- and you think it's the opposition's fault and not your team, just like completely losing focus on like what's going on for apparently like ten to fifteen seconds. That's a bit fair. Yeah, they all fair. sort of like zoned out. Like, yeah, I have no idea what Matt Turner was doing. I don't know what he's doing half the time, to be honest. Um, I, 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 I can't even blame VAR because VAR is just fucking yeah. unreliable. But so. it's unreal that that Matt Turner has somehow skirted through this whole thing without any criticism. <laughs> yeah. like that your only responsibility as a goalie is to make sure that a player cannot shoot outside of the wall. Yeah, where it's like yeah. just set up your wall a little bit to the left so that even if he moved the ball he couldn't shoot around it yeah yeah you have the other side yeah i know we talked about maybe picking up cho but maybe don't pick up cho because cho just opened up the wall for no reason yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) they detached the wall yeah i as like a goalkeeper i was like i was quite befuddled at how they allowed that to happen Oh, all right. Um, extra categories. Uh, we'll quickly run through this. Uh, so highest number of tackles one was seven by Tavernier. Highest number of dispossessions six by Broya and Doku. Highest number of interceptions five by Juan Bissaka. Highest number of clearances eleven by Thiago Silva. Highest number of successful dribbles six by Eze. Uh, high sum of aerials, nine by Osho uh, from Luton Town and Tarkowski. And then high sum of block shots was five by Cher and VVD. Thoughts, John? Yeah, well, okay. I just got to big up my boy Tavernier again. I posted about this in the Discord because he had like five of these tackles after 20 minutes. Yeah. And he is a player that always finds a way. Yeah. There are very few weeks where he does not figure out a convoluted way to get you 10 points and seven tackles and like in my league, four other points is the perfect example. (laughs) I, I love him so much. I am a big fan of owning him. Would, couldn't recommend it high enough. He probably is not valued as highly as he should be in your league. So, Mm. you know, give him a happy home. Yeah. Yeah. Trade I mean, trade for Tavernier. That is my political message. That's my campaign. Uh unless you're in my league, in which case <laughs> don't don't tempt me. He he seems like a player that has like round late round three, round four value, but maybe gets drafted in like the sixth, seventh round. I've I've thought about changing my entire draft strategy for next season to just be finding guys like Tavernier. Yeah. <laughs> Douglas Louise is similar energy despite playing a different position. Yeah. Yeah. And someone that you you fully expect to start, fully expect to get nearly 90 minutes full game like Yeah. And like you said, gets points regardless of what they do. Yeah. 
Life cool. finds a way. Yeah. Tavernier <laughs> finds a way. <laughs> Always. All right. Uh, I think now what we'll do is move on to our next segment, which is the league updates. All right, John. So, kick us off. Uh, give yeah. us a recap of uh, you know how far you've come and uh, what what went on in uh, Gimmick Twenty One. Yeah. So I thought maybe I would give a little like uh, lay of the land about what's going on in my league after the festive period, just to give you guys a little bit of context about why I have this sinking feeling of dread sitting in. Um, I am in first place at 16 and 5 with the most points as well at 2,200. But I think I have like probably the third or fourth best team. Uh, the manager in second place is at 14 and 7. He just got Ivan Tony back. He probably has like the third, fourth, or fifth best team, yeah. uh, but has gotten good luck. But he has a lot of like positive regression type of assets. And then there's four teams at 12 and 9 that could all make a play. The second best team in the league uh, is is there at 12 and 9. And his team just got hosed at the beginning of the season, but they've just been going up, 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 and up since then. So a little concern there. Um, but in general, the league's insanely competitive this year. Um, outside of the top two, and like the bottom one, everyone is between seven and 14 and 12 and nine. And it's a 16 team league. So um, it's all to play for. But I'm getting this sinking feeling that things are going to turn against me in this second half of the season. Um, in terms of last week, uh, my team did very well. I won 127 to 83. But like... <laughs> All of my reliable players flopped. And with the way that it was like divided up, I thought I was absolutely cooked. Um, so Odegaard, uh, Doku, and Watkins combined for 11 points. And wow. they're sort of like my reliable every week you start them players. And then uh, my roster depth in streams just absolutely pulled through. Ben Mee, Connor Bradley, Joe Gomez, Wilson Ottobear and James Trafford would have won the matchup on their own. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, but uh, I am slightly concerned just about the lay of the land and how to improve my team. So so what are you thinking then? What, what What's exactly your roster concern? Yeah, so I picked up Harvey Barnes, but I think he's like never going to come back. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I, I would I probably keep, drop him. Should yeah. I hold him? I just picked him up after this last game week. Uh, I, so we, I talked to Ryan about this on one of the previous pods. Like with Harvey Barnes, I think if you can afford to stash him game week to game week, like let's say you definitely won your matchup and stuff like that, and you have nothing else to kind of do with your time for the rest of the game week, then sure, grab him, stash him. But if push comes to shove and I need to grab an FA um, to help me possibly win my game week, then I'm going to drop Harvey. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so I have Connor Bradley currently, but it seems like Trent is going to be back, so we can talk about that a little later, maybe. Yeah. Other than that, Dan Byrne, Joe Gomez, Ben Mee, all seem pretty nailed and, like, decent options at this point. 
Um, midfield, Benton Kerr, Udegoid, Tavernier as my starters, and then forward line, Doku, Semenyo, Watkins. Mm. But on the bench, so I, I like having the Doku, Grealish, uh, combo, uh, the handcuff, handcuff or whatever. but that's yeah, like, yeah. that's a tied up bench spot. Mm, yeah. And then I have Barnes as a tied up bench spot. And then for this week, I have Gusto as a tied up bench spot. It sounds like he'll be back for that game, but I, I don't, I'm not going to play him away at Anfield. Yeah. Um, and then I have Odubear, who is a fourth forward, so he can't be subbed in anyway. So it's sort of like, do I drop Odubear? Uh, do I drop Connor Bradley? I'll probably drop Connor Bradley, but then like, who's the next best midfielder available or defender mm. available? Because I can't play Odubear. So it's slightly strange construction now. And I mean, Semenyo what? plays last too, so that's like yeah. So you can't even wait on that. I know he was on the bench for the cup game. Yeah, I but... think he'll play. I think he'll start even. I assume yeah. he does. He was he was in favor pre after. Yeah. So yeah, he's he Iriola likes him. Yeah, I mean we can touch on the whole Connor Bradley Trent situation right now. Like, yeah, Trent. I don't know how. Start. Trent's yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's like I don't know how much of a discussion it is, right? Yeah. Because if Trent starts and Bradley's on the bench, you drop Bradley. Like, don't even think about it. Yeah, Trent's and Trent's gonna start. So, and even if he doesn't start, I don't want like fifty-seven minutes of Connor Bradley against Chelsea. Yeah, like I mean, we're a terrible team, but we can still <laughs> Chelsea score are not goals. terrible. <laughs> Chelsea hey, are let good. me live. Let me live in my self-deluded world. <laughs> <laughs> it's Why how I keep myself protected. You guys are good. You've just performed poorly. <laughs> no, but 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 that's the thing. It's like on paper, sure, it looks okay. Like, yeah, we've got good performances, but as a Chelsea fan, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Game week in, game week out. Like, we could sure we smash Middlesbrough six one, and you know that's the standard that fans expect, especially after spending billions of pounds. But we could sure get a result versus Liverpool, but then next game week we drop points to who, who do we have next? I'm sure we have some some easiest fixture like Wolves at home. Like yeah. we could drop we could drop points to Wolves. Like Gary O'Neill is an absolute mastermind at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, I feel like Chelsea are mentally fragile. Like the yeah, game against Luton made me concerned. <laughs> After Bruce, we like, went up Luton three just, and then like, seize control of that game, yeah, and yeah. just started generating chance after chance, it was like, how is this possible? Yeah. Also, I mean, even Villa in the FA Cup, like, you guys had us against the ropes for seventy minutes, and then all of a sudden we were just like dominating the game, and it was like, where, where did this come from? Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of also been like. The story of our season, not creating yeah. chances, right? Yeah. Shout but out I do Nico think Jackson. You, I do so. think Chelsea are good. Yeah, yeah, we're still a good team, but I mean... And for fantasy it, purposes, it, mm. like, it's relevant, especially in Fantrax, to be good. Mm. Like, regardless yeah. of, of like which way the ball falls in the net, like yeah. if you are good, you'll pick up more ghost points and generate more attacks and stuff like that. So... Dude, yeah. look, I don't want you to be too down on yourself. I <laughs> out of the teams that are below us, I'm most worried about Chelsea. Fair, Just like fair. steaming through in the second half of the season because you guys are the only team that's actually putting in top five performances out yeah. of those that are behind the top five. Yeah. 
Oh man, John, I need to speak to you every day, man. You make me feel so much better as a Chelsea fan. And we're I, listen, we're in a cup final, so yeah, maybe I should be positive. You so. know what? I think live on air, I'm picking up Yuri Tielemans and I'm uh, dropping Connor Bradley. There you go. I'll have I mean, that be the authoritative move for this week. I mean, Yuri nearly or oh, probably should have scored a couple He's of goals good. against He's us. He's good. Yeah. I'm yeah. very high on him. I'm I'm going to be starting two midfielders that average three points per game in my league <laughs> uh, so far this season this week. But Benton Curran, Tielemans, you could do worse. Yeah, could do. So, uh, Sanji, why don't you tell us about where you are in your DPL, Com League, and in IGL? Yeah, so we'll start with DPL. So Ryan, um, my co-host for those who don't regularly listen to the pod, uh, he's in this league with me. Um, and the reason why he's not on this episode is because he's currently first in that league. Um, so oh. I'm trying to see <laughs> how much I can keep him off air while he humbly <laughs> brags about his lead. Uh, but yeah, he's in first on 45. I'm in sixth on 36 points so i mean the gap's not massive it's a couple of wins no, here it's and there. three wins yeah it's still close right um so and the points between him and me like in terms of the spread of other places there's like three people on 39 one person on 42 points so it's gonna be a lot of movement i think but in is the... his team better than yours ah uh, it probably is it probably is like i mean if i was to look at his team um, his front line, Erling Haaland, Darwin Nunez, uh, Mateta, Adebayo, Vissa, uh, in mif- midfield, he's <laughs> How got... How does he have so many forwards? It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. In midfield, he's got Barkley, Bowen, McAllister, Rodri, Oscar, Bob, and, uh, Miggy. Um, and then defense is absolute shit because he never takes care of his defense, uh, which is Doherty, Cher, uh, Ben White, and Dan Byrne, so... I think this team can be beat. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think this team can be beat, Sanji. 100%. Um, but yeah, so looking at my game week, so I won my game week 130 to 110. So the good stuff about my game week was, I mean, Tarkowski just being an absolute machine all season. Eze coming into his own without Olise around. Uh, James Garner as well. Um, yeah, listen, he's been like an underrated asset, I think, this season for Everton um, and in fan tracks in general. Uh, but yeah, quiet 13-point ghost game. Uh, I can't Jot- talk about the Everton-Villa game. I was so pissed off after <laughs> You know, You know that you said that. I'm going to definitely come back to this. <laughs> it was just like, what? what? <laughs> Everton, like, basically, fair enough. They were at home. They showed up to just, like, disrupt the game or whatever. Yeah. But, like, usually at home you should, I feel like, try and contribute to the game of football in some meaningful way. Like, getting a draw against Villa at home, if you've, like, sold that to yourself as being a good result, it's not. You should be trying to beat us. <laughs> uh, I mean, no Decore, and they don't know how to play football, apparently. Decore so. played. Oh, they, did so he actually? They re-injured him, like, oh, running him up and down why. the pitch against Villa. It was, like, insane. I was I was thinking to myself on the couch, I was like, okay, so we're getting the only Ducouré game before he's clearly re-injuring himself again because <laughs> no one should be pressing this much the first game back from a hamstring injury. And lo and behold, he's injured himself again. Of course. Uh, of course. Um, <laughs> but other, other good things... Uh, 
Jota and Ivan Tony, yeah, they combined together for like 50 points alone. Um, yeah, nice. Regrets, uh, I don't know if I really have regrets after winning as well, but if I had to have one was benching Jensen or Lamina over Brownhill. Um, it, it was just, I think, because Brownhill was starting the first game of the game week and I, I don't always like benching assets that I know are going to play for sure yeah. because you never know what to expect later in the game week. Um, yeah, it's like the pro and con of that twelve thirty fixture. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a massive gamble. And sometimes when you end up, you're like, oh, you know what? I can wait. And you bench that guy and then he goes off and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I should yeah. have started. I don't want anyone in the twelve thirty fixture. I want yeah. all my team to be in the 4 p.m. Saturday fixture. Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> Um, so Montiel was another regret in the sense that I wasn't expecting him to get many points. Um, but I still started him because I wasn't sure who else to stream. And like right now, streaming defense is actually tough. Like even for the game that, uh, Forrest has coming up against Arsenal, that is also early kickoff game. I'm like, I'm definitely yeah. going to drop this guy. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. I love him. Yeah. World Cup winning penalty kick machine, yeah. you know, but... Yeah, um, I, I think Montiel could be an interesting option for the next game week. Yeah, because so maybe I think if he'll I can be available in like every league, and mm. uh, Nuno really likes his fullbacks. So yeah, yeah, he's clearly preferred him over Nico Williams. So. Yeah, like Toffolo became available in my league again, also. So like, I think after this Arsenal game, there's going to be a lot of opportunity on the Nottingham Forest assets. Okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind then. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, roster concerns, uh, just a couple of dud spots like Nico Jackson and Huang off, uh, in their international duty cups. Um, and I've got Noni Madwiki on my bench. Like it's a weird one with Noni. Like it's like you said, right? Um, you want Fantrax assets from teams that play really good football. That's why you're also massively high on Bournemouth, right? Even though like ignore league table position, all that sort of jazz, like who they are as a club because of the style of football that they play. Like Noni's still a decent asset to, to hold yeah. if you can. Right. Um, but again, don't screw yourself into a loss or a losing situation because you're holding also all these duds. And then all of a sudden one of his starters goes missing or something like that. That's, that's my only concern. Right. Yeah. But if I can give you a bit of advice, I think he is a hold at least for now, Medweke, because he was really impressive against Villa, and I think he's earned a bit of Poch's confidence, and Senegal are going to go... If Senegal don't go to the final, I would be surprised. Yeah, agreed. They, agreed. they are cooking in AFCON, dude. That team... Yeah. Have you been watching AFCON at all, by the I'm, way? I'm playing AFCON Fantasy. <laughs> oh, are you Yeah. Okay, so that's... I'm doing like this... I'm doing this hybrid draft. That is so behavior. <laughs> I know, I have problems. I know, I know. No, I'm doing like this hybrid draft budget version. Like we found, it's it's basically with my dyni, dynasty, uh, dynasty lads. The problem is, is like my dynasty lads it, like enable my toxic <laughs> uh, fan, fantasy behavior. Like it's literally every sport or tournament that kicks off. They're like, guys, league? 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course. So Why like, <laughs> we basically drafted the first two rounds, and then the rest of the uh, um roster was filled out with budget options. So I couldn't pick like Osman or Salah and stuff like that. Like my picks were Kudus and uh, Shulule um from Namibia or whatever. Yeah. So basically, both my picks are gone. So I've been just like um picking the most random players ever. Like I had the double Angola attack. As well with uh, <laughs> Jelson and um, Double Angola attack is oh what typically a something that that uh, someone wants to say in a fantasy <laughs> format. Listen, they combined together to get me twenty four points. Absolutely smashed it. Like, and this isn't even fan track scoring. So I'm like, I think second in my league out of like the fifteen of us. So yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Not my too uh, bad. my wife did a documentary project in uh, Cabo Verde. Oh, wait, and okay. They've been absolutely smashing it in Afghan. Yeah. I have a kit downstairs, so I've been like pulling for them. Oh, I mean, they're sick. undefeated and knocked out Ghana and drew with Egypt and beat yeah. Mozambique too. Like it's crazy. It's like a little island. Yeah. It's it's been a great Afcon. Not gonna lie, oh, it, like vintage, vintage <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Cape Verde. Like, uh, what the guy who's winning our league right now? I think has like the best uh team name ever. His team name is uh, Get Cape Verde, Wear Cape Verde, Fly. <laughs> <laughs> and, Flying is he? Oh man, it's so good. Um, but waiver picks, I didn't, I didn't make any waiver picks for my DPL team. Um, I thought it was fine. Like I kind of just wanted to see how the game week plays out. I'm just trusting my team for now. There wasn't anyone that I wanted to grab, and even if I wanted to grab someone, I couldn't have played them. Like it was either forwards who are always available, maybe a mid or two here or there. But it was really defense that I wanted to to stream, and um, I didn't see anyone in the FA waiver pool, so I'm just gonna wait, see how lineups come out, and then just make a gut call um yeah. for igl quickly to run through this i also won there 107 to 84 uh give me good i went with double wolves defense like brave man that i was against brighton but now brighton with their back-to-back nil nils is like okay do i play defense against brighton now <laughs> like <laughs> are they only scoring in cup games what, what's going on um but that paid off Verge, Garner there as well. Punting on Amduni versus Luton paid off. Ivan Tony in this league as well. Uh, regrets, benching Jensen in this league as well. So at least, you know, consistency is key. You know, that, that's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. Roster concern. This is where I really want to touch on. Um, so in terms of the streaming defense stuff, like I've currently got double Wolves defense versus United. And I'm like, do I maybe just wait that out or maybe go earlier? Because they have the last game in the game week. Um, and they my double away? They're home to United. Okay, yeah. Which and defenders are, is, is it? Doherty and Semedo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, based on that reaction, it's like, so I am streaming them this week. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... Semedo is one of those guys, and I think maybe it actually answers one of the questions later on, which is, like, the people that are the trap players. Mm. Uh, because Semedo is 1,000% a trap player. <laughs> he really is. He, <laughs> he is really, really the is. Number, arguably the number one trap player. He yeah. plays every week. 
and will never get you more than like 14 points and will average yeah. like six points. Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't own him, he goes off. Like, <laughs> so, so I'm not sure what to do there. Um, especially now Rashford is in the bad boy books again. He's gone clubbing. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, I, I was texting my like league mates about this, which is like, this has to be the beginning of the end for him and Man United. You can't, like, at any job, being too hungover to do your job is not gra- not a great look. But he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I especially don't want my doctor to be too hungover to do his job. Yeah, Surgeon, pop some MBE Marcus Rashford <laughs> delirium tremens on the operating table. Uh, vitamin like B twelve vitamin must be going through the roof right now. Like invest, guys, invest. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like so to kind of touch on like United as a whole and all that. Bruno Fernandez is another roster concern that I have. I'm like, What's I'm at concern? my wits end with this with this guy, man. Being like my round one pick, like yeah, he's just not as good as you wanted him to be. He fucking scored today in the cup. Yeah, he's I mean, good, but he's good. He's good. He's just not as good as you want him to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, I mean, in my league, he's, I think he's scoring like 12 plus points a game, which is less than last, less than last season, but. I mean, it's you say good that. Out of every, all players. Oh, for sure. You say that people in our Discord are like, oh, he's still a top 10, top 15 player. And I'm like, my points aren't showing that though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he he's he's ranked seventeenth for the season is and is behind Tarkowski, so, so I don't bad. know if he's still <laughs> top ten, but he's like fringe premium. Yeah. Fr- yeah. That's a perfect way to put it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still good. And you have Douglas Louise who is also fringe premium because I told you to draft him and yeah. uh Best live draft pick ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you combine those two, you're getting the Bruno Fernandez production you want. Yeah, true. (laughs) I'm just rolling 10 men out every day. That's (laughs) fine. Waiver pick I did there. I dropped on Dooney because Bernie playing City and I grabbed Paulinia. Just depth. He's a bit of a steady Eddie. You can't go wrong with him. Dependable. Plays every game. So, yeah. Uh, That's my league updates. Um... So I think what we'll do now... In, in IGL, where are you in the league? Oh, yeah, true. I didn't give my update no, there. Curious. So for, for IGL, like, it's different to DPL. DPL, I think you got to finish top two. Um, So I'm fighting for top two spots there. So is there for, like a playoff? For IGL, there's playoffs. For IGL, uh, they promote the top two and then winner of the playoffs from third to sixth. So okay. it's interesting over there because I'm definitely nowhere near the first two places because I'm currently on 30 points and first place is on 48 points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but second place is on 36. But then here's the kicker. From third to seventh where I am, third place is on 33 points and then I'm on 30 on seven, in seventh. But yeah. 30 points also goes all the way down to ninth. So there's a three-point difference between third place and ninth place. Yeah, but you said 36 is second place? Yeah. You should target that, dude. I really Push should. On. Everyone's yeah. losing interest right now. 
I don't know if you yeah, felt it's true. the energy in the air. If you just push on, you can win. And this is also to the listener. <laughs> if you want to win your leagues, if you want to have fun, just push on. I know this isn't the most exciting time of the season, but like low-key, West Ham, Sheffield United, one of the most fun games to watch of the entire year. Weird stuff has begun happening. So uh, just... Hold the rope and keep going, and I think some strange and fun things might happen to you, no matter where you are in your league. And if you have that summit in in sight, oh, this is the time to go, baby. We're only there's still like seventeen weeks left. You got this, Sanji. Oh, I love this, John. You are now my life coach moving forward. <laughs> seventeen <laughs> weeks for six points. Amazing, right? He's it's he's possible. dead in the water. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. Um oh, I'm, I'm I'm like so excited now to answer questions. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take our take a break though. Um yeah. and we'll be back uh, in a bit uh with questions. So, see you then. And we are back. Uh, it's going to be a weird uh Next couple of game weeks, uh, game week starting in the middle of the game week, and then back on the weekend again. Like they need, they need to stop with this. <laughs> whatever they're doing, that like as good as December was, they've completely managed to like botch the month of January. Yeah, yeah, they really have. Also, we've got like blanks and doubles coming up and stuff like that. I know we didn't touch on it. It feels a bit early to to get yeah. there, but. I've but started a... to have my eye on Brentford players, even yeah. though they don't have good fixtures in those games. Like all yeah. of the Man City assets are owned, so yeah, yeah. Um, getting two fixtures is good. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Objectively yeah. speaking, <laughs> I mean they do play both Liverpool and Man City, but I, I get what you're saying in terms of availability and stuff of like that. But I I do also think that sometimes. Especially if the fixtures are that tough, going single versus double difficult is also a viable strategy. But, I mean, approaching... Like, when we get close to that game week, I think we'll be able to better um, analyze and pick from that. But, yeah. I mean, we're, we're speaking about game week 25 where Brentford double and Man City double. And then in 26, uh, you've got, like, I think, four so teams... a ton of blanks, right? Blanking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Chelsea don't have a fixture. Liverpool don't have a fixture. Luton... And Spurs. So, just, you know, I know it's kind of early, but maybe have a look that far on and see, you know, what your team's kind of looking like. Um, and either you start planning early or just, you know, assume it's a loss and just kind of go with the flow. So, just food for Don't thought. assume it's a loss. Look at it a little <laughs> early. Like, this, these are things that win leagues. Yeah. No, you're right. You're it's right. just like, with your streamers, getting that stuff a couple weeks in advance for the people that are roughly interchangeable points wise that that can win you your league. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Especially with the freaking uh covid postponements the last couple of seasons it's I keep losing my leagues because I've like been like I can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah. True. Man, you, you guys need to listen to John more often, man. This guy's so positive. Like, such an optimist. 
All right. Uh, we got some questions though from our Discord. Yeah. Um, so, how are we gonna do this one? Do you want to take turns asking, answering? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll I'll start things off then. So our first question is from Draft Indian. Uh, a double slash or double vertical slash? I don't know what what is that symbol? It's something. Yeah, similar. like a a road strip. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the highway. Um, but, uh, his question is, is Barkley a mid two now? And John, that's the reason why I want to ask this is because I know last couple of times (laughs) you were here. Yeah. uh, For those that are, this isn't a video podcast, so I'm giving Sanji two middle fingers. He's giving me a road trip basically with his fingers. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on Barkley now? Are you a changed man on, on Luton assets? Like, yes and no, in the sense that I I do think that they're a slightly interesting team. They're doing a lot of different stuff since the last time that I was on the podcast. They've become much more geared towards um, aerials. Like, they've been starting with Adebayo uh, from the start of games. Carlton Morris has become a bench player that's just going on and attacking teams in the last 13 minutes. And I would love to know, like, with a player like Barkley, how many points he's getting in the last 15 minutes of these games. Because it feels like every single game that they play has, like, an insane ending sequence where they're either losing or winning a game uh, with, like, a late Barkley assist or, like, big chance created or something like that. So... There's no doubt that he's putting up some big numbers over the last couple of fixtures. There is just a part of me that feels like it's unsustainable in the sense that if you go in and look at the underlying numbers, it's not like Luton is suddenly a chance creation juggernaut or Ross Barkley is. It's that the players are getting on the end of things and either converting or like getting a header on target, you know, or something, something like that. So yeah. there's an element of that, that's skill. There's an element of that. That's luck. I think Barkley's points per game total for the season as a whole, which is like 9.7 in my league is relatively representative of his production going forward in my like mind canon. So mm-hmm. that's like probably a mid three sort of similar to John McGinn, but with injury risk. Yeah. But but would you ever be worried about starting him? Like, you, you'd still start him every matchup, right? Yeah. I dropped him in, against, like, Liverpool or something like that, and he had a decent game. But, yeah, he seems like he's relatively matchup independent. I don't know. I, I think... I think with Luton, like the underlying metrics are just like not supporting how good they've been. Um, but it's been like fun. So I don't want to like rain on anyone's parade. And I do think Barkley, given that he's taking so many set pieces and like having sort of like a deep crossing role, yeah. is poised to carry the most value out of like all of the players. Yeah. I, I think it's his deep line role that kind of gives him that safety net of I can get points in other ways if not through key passes alone. Yeah, and and so like 
if you also look at Dowdy too, yeah, his production basically like fell off a cliff, and then in the same December fixtures, he got it like all back, and I think like it's hard to rely on like the chaos of December to just like keep going. Yeah. At some point teams are going to fall into more of a rhythm. Like they've been playing a lot of like three, four, three, two, two, three type games. Yeah. Yeah. But just enjoy it while it's going. I I know a bunch of you guys have like held fast on these Luton assets and I'm sorry if I, you know, led you astray in the past. (laughs) I'm just trying to be realistic here. No, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. <laughs> and I understand why you'd say like mid three and stuff, like looking at the data and all that. Um, but I think, you know, people are just kind of, because they see this recent consistency, that's why they're kind of pushing him into mid two range. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say as low as, as mid three. But Yeah, but yeah. I, and so I don't know if you agree with this, but I would say that Luton has been like, in December, we're the most consistently inconsistent team in terms of like, the actual on-pitch product, it was like mm. helter-skelter football in every game. We yeah. go up two goals on like 0.2 XG and then mm. try and defend that and then eventually lose 3-2 or, you know, like the games were absolutely insane. I think Sheffield United put up like three XG to one against them and Luton won that game 3-2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luton, like the Luton games are exciting. Exciting as fuck. <laughs> they're, they're really good. Uh, all right. Next question is uh, from Draft Pie. Do you want to take that one? Yes, uh, Sanji. Who are the biggest traps? Players you're always tempted to pick up, but who never do the business. I already shouted out Nelson Semedo here, so maybe you have a similar <laughs> type player. Uh, for me, I'm gonna put in Man City defenders. Um, yes. Brighton defenders that are not Purvis's Tupinan. Yeah. Uh, Aston Villa defenders, mostly the centre-backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me personally, players like Harvey Elliott or Curtis Jones. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Jones, is, <laughs> Curtis Jones is a good one. Uh, uh, who else can I throw in there? Um... I don't. I don't. I mean, these are ones that have like personally burnt me on several occasions. Um, have you oh, never I'm gonna been put... burned by Malpai? Um, no, he's actually helped me. I've got him in oh my dynasty. Oh my god, league, I've so... been burned by Malpai so many times. <laughs> never again. I mean, th- there was a question that came up in our Discord about um, him versus KLP. I'm gonna say KLP over Malpai. So like Malpai just or whatever. Not, just not having to deal with Malpai is like... yeah. Yeah. Worth the price of admission alone. Oh my god. Yeah. Pisses uh, me off, that guy. Who else is kind of trap? Ian Matson was trappy for me um, when he got his <laughs> one out of position start, got like negative 0.5 or something like that. Yeah, that's a good not playing trap. Where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a hold trap. I mean, those are those are like my main ones. What about for you? Any- anything that I've not mentioned? No, I mean, I, I think you covered it. Uh, I've been trying to see if I'm ra- rostering a trap right now. <laughs> like, maybe Malo Gusto. Also, Joe Gomez is trappy, but has uh-huh. been performing well lately. Yeah. But yeah. in, like, FPL history, he's, like, the ultimate trap. Yeah. 
troll trap, like all of the above. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think th- those are like some of our popular ones. Um, so we move on to the next question. Yep. From Mr. Nauru. Um, so he has a few questions here. Yep. Um, so there's an interesting thought. How does everyone's draft look? Uh, and what have you changed? So I'm, I'm assuming, um, you know, you know how they do those flashbacks on social media. You know, wh- what was I or who was I ten years ago or twenty years ago? So it's like comparing draft day versus like now. Yeah. So, I am so provoked from the message that he's replying to though, <laughs> which is draft Indian saying he dropped John McGinn. What? <laughs> Are you insane? Yeah, it's kind of wild. I I, I mean, Are you listen, like a four-team league drafted in. I I'm gonna uh, you know match him and be like I dropped uh, Doughty in the first few games of the season too. So yeah, that that was like a massive failure on my part. I want to say. Yeah, but dro- dropping John McGinn in the middle of the season is a little different. <laughs> he's he's scoring like ten points a game in my league. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been fucking solid for me in in, in the Bash League as you well. You gotta have the best team of all time drafting Indian, so shout out to you. <laughs> but any any like stark differences to one of your teams? I guess your main team. Oh, uh, um, maybe maybe reading this now, he dropped him earlier in the season and is regretting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I wasn't sure there for the discussion. Sorry, <laughs> drafting Indian. I didn't want to cast cast aspersions. Um. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of – so I just, like, pick up and drop people all the time. There's a lot of valuable assets now that I had and dropped. Um, no one that I really regret. Like, as long as you just keep your premiums, yeah, you don't wind up regretting it, really. Like, um, I, don't, I mean, I would like to have Ross Barkley somewhat valuable, but – is he really getting into my team over Bentonker, Odegaard, Tavernier, and Tielemans? I don't uh, know. Like, I like all those players lo- going forward Yeah, more than him. Uh, but in, in that roster, I would say he's the mid-three, which is what where you put him. Yeah. That, I'd yeah. start him over Bentonker and, and Tielemans. Yeah. I don't know about Tielemans, but probably Bentonker. Yeah. But Bentonker is, like, really good. At least last season, he put up 10 yeah, he's points great. a game. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Honestly, and when he's fully fit, he's, for Leicester he's amazing. put up nine points a game last season. Like, I think, I think just because it's taken a little bit longer for these guys to get going this season through both injury and like limited playing time, people forget who they are, but they're still those players. Yeah. Somewhere deep inside. Uh, I dropped Mason Mount. I don't regret that, but I dropped him. <laughs> I traded I for fully, him and I dropped him. I fully endorse this message. <laughs> I did a tra- I, I traded Philip Billing and Reggion for yeah. Mountain Erickson, and I think both managers have dropped all of the players, which is just a, the perfect trade. How about nice. you? Did you drop anyone that you're really regretting? No one that I'm really regretting. Like, I look at, like, my first 10 picks, like, I've only lost one of them, and that's because of injury, Casemiro. The rest of them, like, are solid mainstays, like, I mean, I can't believe I got Douglas Lewis in the ninth round, like, what an absolute fucking steal. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I I think I I kept most of them. It it was all my like late picks, like eleven and till the end. Like I don't own any of those guys anymore. Like Chrissy Lockyer, Slimane, Egan, Bayer, Flecken. Like I've replaced <laughs> them with basically like good streaming options. You were you were wiling out on those picks, <laughs> oh yeah, I was having fun at that point, man. <laughs> I was like, I got Ivan Tony before that. I was like, yeah, let's yeah. just have fun. Let's just you're like random. these are streamers anyway. Yeah, there you go. Exactly right. If they pop off, they do. If they don't, then fuck it. Like I'll find something else. Um, <laughs> and like and that was like my my DPL one. I'm like I'm trying to think back to like my IGL one. Um, let me see Sunday League. Because I think I was second pick. Yeah, I was second pick there. Uh, I pretty I don't have Iwobi, who was like my fourth pick. But he was like, that was like Everton Iwobi. And it was like, oh, he's amazing. But then he went through all this like MIA, dip in form. And I was like, what the hell do I, am I doing? So I, I, yeah, eventually I just dropped him. I was like, I can't keep dead weights. Like, yeah. I guess my one regret in this in this uh, draft was uh, getting Doughty in round 12 and then dropping him. Like, not being patient that first few game weeks. And now he's easily, I want to say, like, maybe round 6 value sort of thing. So Yeah. But yeah, I mean, nothing nothing too crazy. I'm just glad I kept the patience with Ivan Tony and he's back. That's all I care about. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so the next... Question. I'll ask this one for to you if you would like. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead, go ahead. This is also Mr. Nauru, and he wants to know, how do we rank Gordon rest of seasons? Barnes coming back is a concern, but surely he is safe given his form so far. Huh. Um, I don't think it's a concern for Gordon. Like, I think he's been lights out for, for Newcastle. Um, He's been amazing. Isn't also Miggy, like potentially on his way to like Saudi like no, I've been he just had a contract extension so I guess uh, who he knows stay, then. who yeah. knows man but I mean but like, Almiron has been terrible so yeah so I don't see why Barnes can't can't like come back in and I know Barnes typically plays off the left I think that's what he did for Leicester and stuff like that but I don't see why they can't interchange that uh those positions even for like Gordon and stuff like that and yeah when like limited small tiny tiny uh sample size or whatever for Barnes but I don't think he ghosted that well like I know he scored like that goal and assist off the bench versus you guys opening day of the season but apart from that he didn't really show anything else like I I still think like Gordon for me is above Barnes and Barnes has a lot of work to do to displace him yeah I don't know if they're necessarily competing like you're talking about yeah and it's not like Callum Wilson or Isak are going to stay injury-free for the rest of the season, right? Um, so there's there's always going to be, I think, spots to compete for up top. So I think Gordon is safe and, and Barnes is maybe fighting, really. So Yeah. Barnes was really good for Leicester, though. So Oh, he was great. Yeah. If he can... I mean, I could see him doing a similar thing for this Newcastle team as he did for Leicester if getting in the same areas and stuff like that. So I I don't think we necessarily have to be down on Barnes to be high on Gordon. I think Gordon's a good player and and if that's going to keep Barnes out of the lineup, that's going to keep Barnes out of the lineup. But yeah. if it doesn't, they'll figure out a way to get them both incorporated. I don't think Almiron's keeping anybody out. So it comes down to like preferred position 
or if like Gordon is as versatile as people think he is. Yeah, exactly. The next question's yeah. my my favorite question. Yeah. <laughs> so final question from Mister Nauru: uh, Which Olympic sport do you think you do best at with six weeks of practice? This yeah. is such a good question. <laughs> I I've been thinking about this since you sent me the questions. And I think there's sort of like an obvious answer, but I'd be curious to know if you have the same answer as me, which is that it can't be a sport that basically has anything to do with your physical attributes, uh, because I'm not suddenly going to get into like world-class athlete shape in six weeks. Um and in terms of the Olympics, that reduces us to not many sports left. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go for a game that I feel like I would be really good at and lends itself to being uh, irrationally confident, and that is curling. Ooh, okay. Fair play. I did not see that one coming at all. Very nice. Have you I ever like played nasty curling? At curling? I love shuffleboard, like... Yeah, shuffleboard's great. I have the touch. <laughs> ah, I think right. the finesse. I think right, I right. have the touch. There's definitely some things I'd have to learn, but with six weeks, get me on the ice, forty hours a week. Yeah, I can see I that. I think I could do a job. Do a job for Namibia's uh, curling team. I can see that. Have you Have you played curling before? No, I would love to, but I have okay. not. I've watched someone do it. You got six weeks, so yeah. <laughs> get in the gym baby Sanji what do you think uh I think that's a great shot for you curling solid one um I was thinking for me as well like so I've I've like dabbled in Olympic sports um through school sports and stuff like that whoa, whoa don't raise your eyebrows thinking that I was like any professional I'm like we listening. just we have the opportunity to try different things and you know I tried a few like I've tried shot put I've tried javelin um, oh, don't go to track and field. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, then? I'm going to go with artistic swimming. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to float. I can swim. All I got to do is just look graceful doing it now, right? And surely in six weeks, I can look absolutely beautiful in the water. Right? Which event would you least like to do with six weeks practice? Oh, least like to do with six weeks practice. Hmm. I, I I don't think I can say bobs bobsling because I don't know. Like that's where my cool mind runnings. went immediately. But the skeleton <laughs> one where you go head first. Yeah, and exactly. it's like people have died doing it. I I could not bring up the courage to do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'd do that. Um, Surfing, <laughs> e equestrian as well. Like I'm not sure I trust this horse, bro. No, like... I think I could be nasty at equestrian. <laughs> equestrian might be number two on six weeks practice. Get a connection with the horse. Yeah, and maybe fencing. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'd get embarrassed like badly. Like... Get beheaded in a fencing <laughs> yeah. competition. By a very dull blade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love that question. Thank you so much, Mr. Naruru. Really, really, really enjoyed that. All right. Yeah. Um, I got one here for you from Draft Espresso. 
Yeah, so th- this one's about like making comparisons with teams and players. And I-, I posted his example, and I thought we'd come up with our own, maybe. So, so the example is that uh, Ferguson, uh, the is his name Nathan Ferguson? Yeah, Nathan Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, a bit like going back to the dealer that sells you oregano nine times out of ten. The one good time might be a hat trick, though. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Love that optimism. Uh, no, it's Evan Ferguson. Not yeah, Nathan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nathan. Nathan Is this Chris Apollos one? Plays for Everton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evan yeah, yeah. Ferguson plays for Brighton. <laughs> no, but there is a Nathan Ferguson. He plays for Chris Apollos. He just never plays. Oh, my God. Okay, so there's a, there's a vortex of Nathan Patterson. Nathan Ferguson and Evan Ferguson, Evan Ferguson, where they're all sort of It's like the, all the three Spider Men just player. pointing at each other. That that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so like I, I heard of I heard a really entertaining one, a really bad one, but I don't know if it's like a little bit sexist or whatever. So I feel like I should come up with the guy version of it because someone told me the, the woman version of it. So I'm going to come right, up with what, the guy what version. Is, what is the sexist <laughs> comparison? <laughs> I got to hear the sexist comparison first. Oh, we probably get Binder cancelled. But um, so someone told me um, Manchester United is like that really, really hot girl that you knew back in high school. And you were like an absolute dweeb. But now years have gone by and now... She's old and has. How you like, like me now? <laughs> you're like you're really successful, and she's old, and you, she's um, uh, she has a broken marriage, couple of kids, and you're not going back there ever again. But you still have that like old attraction to her, like you know that high school crush, and that's what keeps you there. Or maybe so. it is time to go back. <laughs> <laughs> now strike while the iron's hot. Bruno I mean, adopt, don't shop, right? So un- yeah. undervalued. Gallo still putting up decent points. You know, Casemiro on the waiver wire looking attractive. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. She was out of your league in high school, but now you can get her off the waiver wire. And, uh, (laughs) you know, might be your time to shine. Could be. Could be. No, uh, I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) I don't endorse picking up Manchester United players. (laughs) What about for you? If you had to make a a team comparison to some sort of real life event, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared for this because I sort of didn't understand the combination of these <laughs> ideas. Um, I think I'm good at coming up with these on the fly, but now that I have the pressure on, um. We can come back to it if it pops in your head. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Bournemouth and Spurs are like uh, the first time that you like saw television in color (laughs) or like I I was born in the 90s. So I remember the first time that I saw a computer. (laughs) Oh, so this is what football is. Yeah, okay. (laughs) These teams are balling. And I want to be involved with whatever this is. 
I, I remember I, I was talking to my wife about this. I saw, um, I remember seeing MS Paint for the first time. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing. It was like in my friend's parents' basement. Yeah. And my friend was just making something on MS Paint. And I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> what is this magic? A child witnessing the future. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a perfect way to describe both Bournemouth and Spurs right now. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, so Draft Espresso has another question. Uh, so it's about goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, so he's asking Beth whether uh, to stream weekly or to hold... Uh, if you ask Draft Lad, uh, streaming is the way to go as you can use the extra spot during the week to find value off the waiver wire. What do you guys think of this approach, or is it worth to try to find a consistent goalkeeper? Oh my god, <laughs> this guy is playing four dimensional chess using <laughs> the spot during the week. To oh, get Draft value Lad is amazing. Waiver wire, yeah. absolute ledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic yeah, guy. This is like. Uh, in in the movies when like the computations flow down the screen like in the matrix the matrix or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i do, i do not do that um <laughs> i with with goalkeepers my attitude is that you keep your goalkeeper until you find something better yeah and then you you cheat on your goalkeeper, <laughs> and, uh, kick it to the curb, maybe to be picked up again, but yeah. uh, generally not. So I've been I've been rolling with James Trafford ever since I dra- dropped Neto uh, when he got injured, and um, he since Neto got injured has put up twelve, seven, twenty three, ten. 18, 16, 6, and 11 in my league. Yeah, I mean, even though Burnley concede goals, he's going to make saves. I feel like he's gotten better as the season has gone along, so I don't mind that. And I'm assuming you kept with Trafford because you couldn't get Neto back because I know how much you love Neto. Yeah, I couldn't get Neto back. and um, But I saw some stuff in Burnley's data that suggested Trafford would be by far the next best pick. Yeah. And he's been putting up better performances than Neto. So I've been pretty happy with that um, shift. I also had David Raya for a second, but goalkeepers on good teams are, they don't, they don't do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. I, I mean, one of the worst assets in the game is Ederson. So yeah, I I don't want I don't want the finished article. I want I want something that I can you know shape and mold. <laughs> <laughs> you what basically do you, what want do you think a- here? Do you do you do this four D chess approach? Are you like dropping your keeper every week? No, if like once I have a decent keeper, I kind of just stick with it. Some like I do think you can stream that position. Like it's possible. Um, because there's always going to be some goalkeeper that will get you close to, let, let's say, around eight points. If you get eight points from your goalie, I think I'm, I'm happy with that. Right? Sure, yeah. it, it helps massively when you get like those 20-plus point holes. Like, you know, you get yeah. from Trafford and stuff like that. But 
you're not always going to get that from an asset. Um, but if I find a good one, I stick with him. I kind of monitor the form. If I notice, like, it's what you're saying is, like, maybe the team starts doing better and he has less saves to make. And now he's just conceding the odd goal and he's go scoring, like, between negative two to four points every game week. Then I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to drop his ass. Like, yeah, but That's I think you want with uh, Petrovic. I owned mm. him for a couple game weeks also. Yeah. And um, he's good, but I'm worried about Chelsea just, like, not conceding enough chances. And that, that's the other thing about him, right? So, like, I, ideally, you, you want to target maybe people around the relegation zone sort of stuff. Like, yeah, they might concede goals and all that, but they're yeah. probably going to make enough saves to counteract those, those deficits, so. Yeah. So I think I, either, either one is good. Like, I don't mind Draft Lad's 4D chess play, so. I mean, it's sick. I yeah. just... It, it also depends um, on your league size. So, yeah. if you're, like, a 10-team league, and you can just stream in whichever of the keepers from the bad teams has the best matchup. By all means, do that. And, like, there's people that do the advanced analytics out there. I think, like, the Draft Society has some of those leaderboards and stuff like that in terms of expected goalkeeper points and stuff like that, which is, in general, going to be slightly more accurate than outfield players, I feel like. Um but uh, I'm in a 16-team league, and that means basically all of the good goalkeepers are owned in any given week, and there's only going to be four starting goalkeepers that are unowned. Yeah. <laughs> so holding on to a good keeper that's like in the top uh, quartile of keepers is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, we've got one final question. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's from co-host Ryan Jagos. Uh, his question is, do you think AFCON and Asian Cup players should have gotten red flagged? They're not actually injured. <laughs> so like Onana, for example, yeah. has a broken red flag. Yeah, so like they should have just come up with like a different visual representation of this. <laughs> it would have been nice if they had like the flag logo type thing of AFCON and yeah. the Asian Cup for like these flags, but I think uh, if anything, it's representative of Fantrack's investment into <laughs> uh, the draft fantasy uh, game. Not that look, we love the folks at Fantrax, <laughs> but it does take them a long time to implement a feature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Famously. Yeah. So, um, but I think it would have been nice, but it is better than nothing. Like, it's nice to know that which players are there and which players aren't. If you're, like, way on top of it and are playing in sort of, like, a home league, maybe it would have been nice to have the competitive edge. But mm. um, I don't know. I think it's nice that there's sort of, like, an amount of information available, but it does make like un. It does make like um, Pape Sar look like he's actually injured right now, and he was kind of injured. So I agree that it's like confusing. Yeah, 
But I mean, you you said it perfectly. Like for them to put together a whole new flag color coding system, it could have broken <laughs> the game altogether. Um, but I, I I guess it's the like, like the the red flag, broken red flag, all that sort of stuff would have been more useful for players or leagues um, that have IR spots, right? If you've got a popular African yeah. asset, like for example, Kudus, you could have just stashed Kudus, right? If you're yeah, in a pickle. Great point. And you don't need to drop players like that. Then, yeah, it, it, it's useful. But for a lot of these popular community leagues, we don't use IR spots and stuff like yeah, that. So, great point. So I, I gravitate towards what you said, which is a, it's a good visual reminder of this guy is just not available. I mean, yeah, he's in a totally different country slash continent yeah. slash <laughs> atmosphere. Like, Yeah, and even in leagues with IR, I think, like... Um, so maybe from like the beginning of the season, you would have avoided Salah or something like that because you wouldn't have thought you would have been able to use an IR spot on him when he's at AFCON. So mm. I'm like sympathetic to that viewpoint where it's like, okay, I didn't understand this was going to be the rules. They never talked about this. But at the same time, I think it encourages the best product in everyone's league when you can put players that aren't available on IR instead of just having to drop them mm-hmm. or like drop a bunch of relevant players down to streamers. It's more fun when you're able to put out like the best lineups. Uh, I don't really take a ton of pleasure from like winning in weeks when my opponent feels like seven players. So um, in general, I do think it's good if a player is unable to play for whatever reason, I don't mind them getting an injury flight and being able to be eligible for IR. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. Um, those are the questions, and that is the pod. Um, yes, sir. Nice, man. Solid sesh again. fun. Uh, do you do you have any final thoughts, questions, or points of discussion you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, I'm just so excited for this upcoming weekend mm. for a return to fantasy normality. We're finally going to get a normal-ish game week, and that should be really fun. Yeah, we're getting like two game weeks in one week, actually. So Yeah. It's, it's yeah, a good well, return. So I'm ignoring the midweek. <laughs> the midweek is not good. I don't like that. It's weird. Yeah, it's it terrible. It makes me uncomfortable. But the weekend, finally. We're yeah. back to how things should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. I The one thing I do not enjoy being back in the UK for is the fact that they don't televise these uh, 3 p.m., 4 p.m. kickoff games or whatever. So When you were in Canada, you should have like signed up for whatever. Fubo. That's Fubo. That, that's <laughs> and then you can use VPN from the UK. Sort of, yeah, baby. Genuinely. Well, I guess I know my plan for this week. <laughs> in, in Norway, it's not even illegal. They're just like, people, they're, they're, they're like, companies are like, we are not happy that customers are doing this. <laughs> this is our view. Good day. <laughs> Oh, John! It was a pleasure having you on the pod again, mate. Yes, always, for always a pleasure. Out. 
Um, do you want to maybe quickly plug your socials as well if anyone has any questions? Just a reminder, John is our Inside Tracks Aston Villa rep. So he knows everything Villa, but he also knows fan tracks. Um, he's one of the more or most knowledgeable people I know um, in the game. Uh, oh. So, I mean, listen, I, I'm not Thanks, just trying uh, to... <laughs> I'm not just trying to kiss your ass. I genuinely mean it. It's always a pleasure chatting fan tracks with you, chatting data numbers. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to plug your socials, how can people find you if they want to engage with you? Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter. Um, my uh, at on there is just my name is John. That's at my name is John. No spaces, no weird symbols. That's it. Love it, love it. Uh, and you, you can find him in our Discord. That much. I reply no. a lot, but yeah. uh, you won't get a ton of spam in your timeline. Don't worry. But I mean, you're available to talk, and you talk more often in the Discord, right? So yeah, you know, I'm, um, I'm available wherever, whenever. There you go. Get so just, at me. We'll 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 solve some dilemmas together. There you go. Love it. All right, guys. Uh, so that's it for this week's pod. Um, Ryan should be back next next episode. We'll see. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think he's in some different country at this point. But we'll figure something out. We'll we'll get some information. Sanji, get a guys. win back against Ryan <laughs> next time. You start breathing down his neck. That's what I need to do. Just getting an undercurrent of tension on the pod. <laughs> like, I, in an ideal world, he wins the league. I come second. At least, as long as we... You know, one of us is there. Oh, it kind of proves. Ideal world, you want him to win the league? <laughs> I mean, at least one of us, right? So it's we don't like competitive spirit burning, baby. In an ideal world, you win the league. He comes second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Until next time, peace. peace.